You're listening to the Sports Central with Greg Matzik podcast. And welcome in to Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. With you till 9 o'clock here, a one-hour program, as we are one week away from the Brewers beginning the 2019 regular season. Thank you for joining us on Brewers Weekly tonight. A little deviation from your day of college basketball following that Marquette loss. Why not talk a little Brewers baseball as we hurdle toward the start of the season? Ashton Rotman producing the program. I'm in for Matt Pauley for one more week. And we'd love you to be a part of the program as well. 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's go through the day that was for the Milwaukee Brewers. It included an 11-5 win over the Dodgers. Uh, the bats were out today in full force. Home runs for Yasmani Grandal, Tyler Saladino today. Erdan Perez with a double. Christian Yelich with a double. He continues to swing a hot bat, hitting four fifty nine this spring. Yeah, I think he's ready. And uh, we also learned today that Corbin Burns would begin the season as part of Craig Council's rotation. I wouldn't say a big surprise, but we've got clarity now. Burns with the start today. He went five innings. He allowed three earned runs, but I think that was a, a big blast. I think all three runs came on one swing of the bat for the Dodgers. Uh, it was a home run by Justin Turner. Uh, the big number here is that Woodruff walked two, but struck out nine in five innings pitched. So we've seen this now from Burns. And Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff, their ability to miss bats. I don't care about the opposition. I don't care what's going on in spring. It's spring training versus regular season. They have found a way to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Which leads me to the next piece of information to share today. The roster, in terms of starting pitching, pretty well set here now for the Brewers. It's going to be Yolisha Seen on opening day, followed by question mark. It's going to be Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, or Brandon Woodruff. We're not exactly sure, but those three guys will make up spots two, three, and four to begin the season, and Zach Davies will be your number five starter. What does that mean for Chase Anderson? It means he's on the outside of the rotation looking in. Earlier today, Anderson was asked about the opportunity to be a reliever versus a starting pitcher. I mean, initial thought was obviously a little bit discouraged, but... uh... You know, they want to ride these young guys and see how they go and see if they can uh, get us out of the gate and then off the right foot, and we'll kind of go from there. But um, now that I know I'm on the bullpen and have got a job to do, um, go out there and get outs and, you know, go from there and see what happens. It is not uncommon for teams in today's game of baseball to go 10, 11, maybe even 12 deep with starting pitching. So color me shocked if Chase Anderson does not make a start or at least a handful of starts this season. Made 30 last year at a sub-4 ERA but also gave up a lot of home runs, most in baseball, and was ultimately left off the postseason roster. So you've got a guy who's done it before moving to the bullpen where he's never done it before, and Craig Council going to ride the young hands here of Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. Do you like the approach here? Do you like that? Do you want to see this infusion of youth in the Brewers' rotation? 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Council was asked about it earlier today on how things came to be what they are. Zach is going to pitch. He pitches tomorrow, and then he's lined up to be the fifth starter. So so he's lined up to pitch the fifth, the first game against Cincinnati. So he'll pitch the first, Zach will pitch the first game against Cincinnati. Um, and then... You know, it, it. Everything else is. Woody, everything else is kind of. Wood, Brandon Woodruff's going to be in the rotation. Freddie's going to be in the rotation, and we're still just and 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 Chase and Corbin are 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 going to be on the team. Corbin's going to be the. 
Corbin's going to pitch in the fourth game. Woody's going to pitch in the third game, probably. There's some. There's some of the, the set days are not complete yet, but I would say the five guys are. Um, Chase is going to the bullpen. And why ride the young guys? Well, they earned it. You know, we're putting Corbin, Freddie, and 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 uh, Woody. You know. It, it's time for them to start. I think that's that's probably the decision that we made. Is that um, you know we're gonna we're gonna put them in the rotation. Well, yeah, they've they've pitched well. I mean, I mean Woody's pitched exceptionally. I think and Freddie's. I think Freddie. I think Freddie and Woody have thrown the ball really really well this spring. Yes. Um, and um, I think Corbin's thrown thrown the ball really well. I think his stuff is actually kind of up a notch. Um, you know, but he he's he's gotten he's made some mistakes, but I think his stuff is actually up a notch, and so um, we we think there's there's good things to come there, and it's um, you know we it's it's kind of it's these guys' time to to, to do it. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you'd like to weigh in here, the decision is. Then made, Chase Anderson will come out of the bullpen for Craig Council. Hi, Greg Matz again for Matt Pauley, and welcome back to the program. With you till 9 o'clock tonight, 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Rotation appears set for Craig Council to begin the season. Yolisha Seen at the front end, Zach Davies at the back end. In between, it'll be some combination, some order of Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. That's what Craig Counts is going to roll with. Chase Anderson on the outside looking in. Josh Tomlin released a couple of days ago. He actually signed on with the Braves for a minor league deal. So who else could he even start? Junior Guerra is in that hopper. Of course, he'll have to watch what's going on at AAA. But we have seen it before, right? 9, 10, 11 guys starting in a given year for the Brewers. That is commonplace. So they will have to exercise a bit of their depth at some point or another throughout this season. But do you like the direction here? The young guys getting their opportunity, including 22-year-old Freddie Peralta. 414-799-1620. As for Chase Anderson's role, as I mentioned, it's going to be a bullpen role, but Council appears comfortable in putting the guy in a position he's never been in before. You know, his program's going to be to get outs. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be like, but, you know, we're, he's going to have to pitch in games and get outs and help us win games. Um, and... You know, there's look, there's enough uncertainty in our bullpen where um, you know there, there's big outs available um, to to get. You know, especially at the start of the season. So, um, there, I think there's a little bit of a there's going to be a transition for Chase, and we've already began. We've already kind of started to talk about that, um, and 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 we'll have to um, you know like like we've done with Corbin Burns or anybody else that we've brought and transitioned into that role that um, you do have to allot for that at the start of the process what we did with Josh a couple of years ago you, you allot for that at the start of the process and then but Chase will he'll, he'll adapt fast and then and as soon as we get him adapted then he'll probably be starting again. So I was wrong on this I was wrong on this. I thought two of the three, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, I thought two of the three would be ticketed for the rotation and I thought the other would be relegated to the bullpen. And I thought Freddie Peralta would be relegated to the bullpen. Here's why. Not because he's 22. I don't think that's a big deal. He doesn't have a lot of pitches. Right? You talk about a starter going five, six, seven innings potentially at some point during the season. How much can Freddie Peralta do with two pitches, which is essentially what he has? I asked Craig Council about that last week. I said, does, does Freddie Peralta 
have 30 start per year kind of stuff. Can he go 30 starts just with what he has to work with, the arsenal of pitches? Remember, Chase Anderson got really good when he added a little velocity to his fastball, and he developed two more pitches. Well, he's coming at you with four pitches, and that proved to be beneficial a couple of years ago and well, it did not work so well for him last year. Of course, now he's on the outside of the rotation looking in. But, you know, too many pitches is not a bad thing. If you only have a couple pitches, start seeing teams two, three times. They see a three times a crack, right? I mean, it, it, at what point do the odds favor the hitter? So I'd ask counsel that question, and I thought his response was interesting. He said, absolutely. Freddie Peralta's fastball, that's not a fastball that many people see in Major League Baseball. So I asked him what he meant by that. Freddie Peralta's not a big guy, but his hands are enormous, apparently. And his arms are a little bit longer than you might anticipate. Craig told me that Freddie Peralta releases the ball a little bit closer to the hitter than a lot of guys. And the action he gets on his fastball, his fastball, he's got multiple fastballs, right? It's it's multiple pitches within the pitch, the two-seam, the four-seam, and the action he gets on it is electric. So he fully believes that Freddie Peralta can not only get through the batting order two, three times a crack, but also the second, third, and fourth time he sees the same team and the same lineup, he'll have no trouble getting through it. I thought it was an interesting response. That was the reason I thought Peralta would be ticketed for the bullpen, Ashton. I just didn't think there were enough pitches in his arsenal just yet, but I thought he'd develop that and be a locked-in starter in time. And also, Chase Anderson has never pitched in the bullpen before. But I guess Junior Guerra hadn't either, and he's been pretty decent out there, or was toward the end of last year. So I don't know if it's a roll of the dice to put Anderson in the bullpen, but it's clear to me that Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns, and even Davies, separated themselves from Anderson. I thought it was interesting. The last uh, clip that, that we played, at the very end of it, Craig said, I assume Chase Ander- Chase will be back in the rotation once he gets things figured out in relief, which I thought was interesting that instead of using this as an opportunity to send him down to keep him stretching him out in minor leagues, he's saying, no, we still want him to be on our team to get out. He's still his major league stuff. We're just not going to put all the pressure on him of four or five innings at a time. Right, at least not yet. Now, there will be a point where Chase Anderson starts. There will be. This always happens. Zach Davies wasn't even on the opening day roster a couple of years ago, and then Matt Garza got hurt, and Davies was called right up, and boom, in the rotation. And I think had 17 wins that season. So you can't read too much into it. It is certainly a starting point. There's nothing final about that 25-man roster that gets turned into Major League Baseball. It's a bunch of names on paper, and it will change the next day. Also keep this in the back of your mind. Each year, the past three seasons, David Stearns has added somebody to the roster in between the time spring training ended and the regular season began. It was Carlos Torres a few years ago. It was Dan Jennings last year. It was Jared Hughes the year before that. Names that you weren't following during the course of spring training who ended up playing for the Brewers and, and having a, a, a pretty sizable role with the Brewers. Dan Jennings was pretty good last year. Kind of ran out of gas and was off the playoff roster. Jared Hughes was really good for the Brewers the year before, and you know Torres was fine. But considering when they came to the team and under what circumstances, they all had a role. So there's that to think about as well. I would say uh, they may already even have that guy. And uh, they signed Josh Fields yesterday or the day before, and he is pitching with AAA. He pitched with the Dodgers last couple of seasons. 
he's probably the name that right as you're saying that you know right at the very end or right at the end they want him to get in the major leagues but uh Craig said today that he wasn't ready to pitch but you're not making that signing and then committing to also sending him down to AAA if you don't expect him to be with the club. Yeah, I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure what to make of that one yet. Um, we'll see, right? I mean, AAA is a phone call away, and and a handful of these players are a phone call away. And you will see plenty from the AAA roster at some point throughout the regular season. As far as the bullpen is concerned, good news, bad news, sort of day. I'll explain after this. Good news, bad news day for the Brewers' bullpen. The good news is Jeremy Jeffers threw a bullpen session today, and according to GM David Stearns, the session went well, and he should progress into a second session after a couple of days' rest. That is good news for the Brewers. It looks like Jeffers, uh, I don't know if he's going to start the season with the Brewers, but I don't think it's going to be long before he is with the team. As for Corey Knable, a little more concern here. Whenever you hear a manager or a GM say, we've got a little bit of concern, they're concerned, right? They're, they're worried. And that's what Craig Council said yesterday. And additional information today following an MRI reveals some level of... I, David Stearns is not sure exactly how to categorize it. Fraying, tear, they know it's damaged to some extent, according to Stearns, the UCL in Knable's right arm. But it, hopefully they will be able to avoid surgery. Surgery to a UCL is typically called... Tommy John surgery, and that would be the year for Corey Knable. If you could pitch through it, great, but you certainly wonder about long-term damage and what could be done. Craig Council was asked about Corey Knable, and uh, I think still think there is some level of information they need to attain before they can really carve out a full plan. And we have, you know, there's some concern there, um, and then he'll see um, he'll see Dr. Rosh today. And then we'll kind of figure out the next course of action. You know, I don't. I don't know if we'll have answers after the game. We might have more information after the game. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's there's there's reason for concern though. Yeah, it came up after uh, we talked um, Monday morning. No, he had a quick inning. It was a. I mean, it was a ten pitch inning. His his velocity was down a little bit in that game. Um, so, but it was it was yeah it was. I think it was 11, maybe it was 12 pitches. It was very fascinating, so it wasn't even he threw his curveballs. His velocity was a little down in that game. So that's Craig Council uh, just kind of announcing the plan for Knable, and really it's, it's more about finding out information. It's a damaged UCL, but what does that really mean? So, which points the arrow more at Craig Kimbrell as an option here. So is this when you have to pull the trigger? I don't know if the Brewers lost any leverage, I and mean, I'm sure this was information they knew was coming. They were a little concerned about Jeffers, a little concerned about Knable, and maybe that's when they started knocking on Craig Kimbrell's door. But the electrifying reliever, who last year was outstanding for the Boston Red Sox in a World Series season, is still a free agent, still looking for work. And, you know, I would mentioned a couple of weeks ago as baseball was hurtling towards spring training, the more quality names that are on the market as you get into spring training, the more it benefits a team like the Brewers. Because the thought of that long, multi-year deal, that six-year, $100 million, whatever, well, that's coming back to earth real quick for a guy like Craig Kimbrell. The question is, would he accept a one-year, I don't know, 16 to $19 million deal? I think that's kind of where you're looking if you're the Brewers. But if you're a relief pitcher in Craig Kimbrell, a very successful one, do you take the deal just to get the work? 
or do you hold out for that two or three year deal and just hope that it comes? So I, I don't know what the answer to that question is. I think the Brewers are in if it's a one year deal. I don't know if they can do multi year with Craig Kimbrell. But I think it's a lever that you need to pull. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense even with a healthy Corey Knable and Jeremy Jeffress because I think the injuries that we're talking about here could pop up at any time. Do you think a UCL gets fully repaired and healed and ready to go if it's frayed just because of a month's worth of time? I, you know, it, Right? UCL, damage, Dr. Rosh. We've got some concern, all right? Put those four into the shopping cart. I don't like any of it. I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the like, word damage, fray, I don't like none of it. any of it. You put that in the same category as rotator cuff soreness. No, I don't want to hear that. So I, it could be a, a, a still a phenomenal bullpen for the Milwaukee Brewers, but it's taken a couple of hits here. Bobby Wall's done with a torn ACL. I mean, that's he's a contributor. He would have been a contributor. So it, it's it's taken this incredibly strong aspect of the Milwaukee Brewers and brought it very much back to earth to where now, if you're looking at a setup and closing situation, it's more than likely Matt Albers to Josh Hader. Speaking of Matt Albers, I did catch up with him at Brewers Spring Training. It's a big year for Matt Albers, who was very good at the start of last season, and terrible toward the end of last season. In between, there was an injury. Where is he at? You'll hear after this. Welcome back in. I'm Greg Matzik in for Matt Pauly. Brewers Weekly till 9 o'clock. And by this time, at this time, I should say, a week from today, we will know if the Brewers are 1-0 to begin their season. Uh, if you had not been paying attention, the Brewers, I'm sorry, not the Brewers, but the Major League Baseball season is underway. This is official, right? This counts on the standing, so I have to say that it is... It's underway. The season has started with two games in Japan, with Seattle taking on Oakland. So this would be, I don't know, you wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and the game's in like the sixth inning or something. And I think t- today was televised, I think. It, I don't know if yesterday was. I missed that one. But. It's, it's been televised both days. I woke up at like 8 o'clock this morning and turned it on, and it was in like the 11th inning. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was an extra inning game. But uh, Mariners and A's, two-game series. They come back home after the game and are off for a week and begin next week Thursday, just like the rest of the league. Domingo Santana with a grand slam. I saw that in game number one, former Brewer. Chris Davis also went yard. Not a shock. He does that from time to time. Uh, But the the real great story here was Ichiro Suzuki closing out his major league career in Japan, his home country, and being able to walk off the field. His teammates came by the dugout, the opposing team, the A's were kind of perched on the field and in the dugout, watching Ichiro make the crawl in from right field. Do we have have some of that audio? This is a big league game that the Mariners are trying to win, and now, wait a minute, Scott Service has come out. And the Mariners players are going to gather. This will be the moment. For the final time, coming off a major league field. Dave Fleming from ESPN. Ichiro, just a, a hero's level of applause. I mean, it was it was pretty cool to see. And he hugged Ken Griffey Jr. in the dugout. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki will go down as one of the most unique players in baseball history. And he was a very important player 
in baseball history as well. He made the jump from the Japanese League to the Major Leagues, and he didn't just make the jump, but he thrived. And how old is he now, like 42, 43? Uh, I mean, it's time for his baseball career to end. I mean, he looks like he's 42 or 43 and has played, you know, 20-some-odd years of baseball. But what's most amazing about Ichiro to me is his remarkable level of consistency at the plate. Ten years in a row. Think about this now. Ten years in a row. His first ten seasons in the major leagues, Ichiro had 200 or more hits. Each one of those seasons. In the brilliant careers of Tony Gwynn and Rod Carew, they combined for nine. Just let that sink in for a second. Ten straight years for Ichiro, Gwynn and Carew combined for nine throughout their entire careers. Wade Boggs, another tremendous hitter, seven. I just think about that for a second. That is insanity. I, that's just incredible production at the plate. He had like 273 hits one of those years, too. It just, it's not like he inched over 200. That was one of the cool moments from today. Ichiro, a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, getting a properly recognized in his home country as the Mariners took on the Oakland A's. Last week, I caught up with Brewers reliever Matt Albers, who all of a sudden is in a little more of a high-pressure role right now. Matt Albers was so good at the start of last year, and he was just terrible down the stretch. And in between, there was an injury. I know he tried to pitch through it, and maybe that wasn't so wise. But it's a big season for Matt Albers, and maybe even more in the spotlight here with some question marks surrounding Jeremy Jeffress and Corey Knable. Oh, yeah, no, they did absolutely, yeah, great job, man. Yeah, they said... uh you know, they got all this up in like 10 months. Pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, but no, they did a, did a great job. I was talking to Lucas just a minute ago. He said the nicest thing is having a combined weight room and just being able to kind of pick at what the major league players do. That's that's kind of new, right, being able to blend in with the minor leaguers a little bit more intimately? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the complex I had uh, with Cleveland was like that, where they had like the, you know, visiting and major league side and the weight room combined. So, uh, yeah, no, it's cool. You know, we're there to, uh, you know, they have any questions or whatever, or you just kind of see how they work or, uh, you know, wherever it is, uh, it is it's kind of it's kind of cool to be around the big leaguers. Three weeks till this thing gets going for real. Right. Um, I think to about a year ago when when you were writing the Brewers' plans and, right. and the year started off so great for you, yeah. and then an injury kind of kind of no took it for a yeah, little bit yeah. of a nosedive. Yeah. Where do you feel like you are right now with your health? I feel real good. Yeah, no, I'm feeling really good. I think the ball's coming out well. Uh, and also just bouncing back, I think was key. You know, last year even during spring training, you know, would throw and. You know, just didn't really feel great the next couple of days and try to, you know, just kind of pitch through it for a little while. Um, and so now just, you know, feeling really good, healthy. Um, you know, took a little different throw in the off season. Just wanted to make sure it started a little early. Long toss a little bit more, you know, make sure my arm strength was there. And, uh, you know, so far so good. Do you feel like it's a big year for you? I'm sure every year you're yeah, in the big leagues. Yeah, feels absolutely. like a big year. But. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, I just you know, have something to prove to myself and my teammates just to, to go out there and, you know, hopefully be a part of a you know a team that can get to the World Series. I mean, I think that's our goal, and uh, you know, I just want to be a part of it. You know, it was a lot of fun last year going through it, uh, you know, obviously, but kind of a little bittersweet, you know, being in the dugout and not being out there, kind of helping the team. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I want to be. I want to be out there and uh, help the team win. That's the challenging part, right? You're a competitor, so right. you were probably pitching through some discomfort mm-hmm. last year, hoping you could just kind of get by. Right. Is 
what did you learn from that whole experience? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, at some point, you know, you ju- it's almost a little bit of denial, you know, is your arm hurt, you feel okay, and then after a little while, you know, it just got to be a little too bad, you know, my velo was down quite a bit, and, uh, you know, hurt in between outings to throw, so, was, you know, initially knew it was kind of that, that time, you know, sometimes you can p- kind of pitch through stuff and bounce back. So it's it's tough, you know. You wanna, you know, I'm pretty stubborn about that, you know. Trying to try to pitch through it every all I can, you know, until I, you know, pretty much can't anymore. So hopefully I put that behind me and, uh, you know, I'll have a healthy year, so I don't have to uh, to worry about that. As a guy who comes out of the pen, how intrigued were you as to how Craig Council used the bullpen and? and- manipulated the whole staff really in the month of September and especially in October yeah you know I think it's uh, it's a little you know it's a little bit different for me you know obviously uh, you know when I came up it was the starters would go a hundred pitches no matter what uh, you know even if we gave it four or five runs so it's obviously a little different now but uh, you know he communicates that to us it's kind of how the game has gone so they understand that hey if, if we're down in the you know fifth inning we're probably going to pinch it uh, for the pitcher regardless of how many pitches he's thrown so I think we understand that Craig does a good job of kind of uh, uh, you know, communicating to the bullpen guys, hey, be ready early. You know, if we're down, you know, we're probably going to pinch hit and get some other guys in there or move guys around, have Hader going a little early or Corey going in earlier, or JJ a little bit early than normal, you know, instead of, you know, the, hey, this is, you're the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning guy. So uh, it's, it's definitely changed, definitely a little bit, but, um, you know, I think Craig does a good job of kind of communicating to us and, uh, you know, so we're ready. Isn't the real crime of it that you don't get to hit as much as you'd like to? <laughs> No, nah, not really, man. You know, it's it's all fun and games. You get a hit, and then you know somebody's throwing ninety-eight. Looks makes you feel and looks stupid. So I'm not. Yeah, no, nah, I'm all good. <laughs> well, you, pitcher's mindset here. You watch what Josh Hader does day mm-hmm. in and day out, and already the spring's up mm-hmm. to a great start. What what makes it so difficult? What, why do people have so much? problem trying to get a hit off him i think just the you know just the arm angle he throws at the velocity the ball movement you know we have a lot of the track man stuff going looks like the ball's coming up and in and ends up down, you know up and away and um it's just i think it's just really tough to pick up he throws from such a unique arm angle and obviously the velocity and stuff you know um just all all that combined with his aggressiveness they know he's going to throw strikes you know he's not really wasting pitches you know he's coming right after guys so it's been a lot of fun to watch man it's it's pretty funny how his demeanor is and he's like hey man just another day at the yard you know it's, just, it's hilarious. was that your official hitter yeah, impersonation? I think so, but it's exactly how he is and you know he hasn't changed one bit um so he's a he's fun to watch and it's uh you know, hopefully he can keep it going well that's part of the beauty of baseball is that I mean, you get after guys a different way than he does right, right? And it's not just a lefty righty thing right, but oh, yeah. but you guys can appear. I, I'm sure you get out of the game. He comes in, mm-hmm. and 98 looks like 104. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just how you guys can set up other hitters. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, I think we've all understand too. It's like, hey, you know, we can't all be Josh Hader and strike everybody out. You know, that's not. That's just not going to work for me. So no, I think uh, no, it's great having him in there, and uh, you know, hopefully that's the that's the thing, man. We can get the ball to him, and you know, he's going to go eight and nine maybe that day. It's like, hey, let's get the ball to him with a lead and. I think it's good too because I think it puts pressure on the other teams. You know, they kind of, they kind of see sixth, seventh inning. I like, go, oh, crap! Like we better score. Or, you know, the haters coming in. You know, so um, I think that it works definitely in our favor. Well, what would it mean to you to to be a part of that team, the the regular kind of high leverage inning sort of guy that 
you were signed to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the goal. You know, I wanted to, you know, I love pitching in big situations and uh, love being a part of There's nothing, nothing better feeling than, you know, being part of that line at the end of the game where, you know, everybody's giving a high five to your team. You know, you're in there to pitch and, and help the team win. So, uh, you know, that's the goal. Um, and I'm feeling good right now. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's looking that way. When you came back last year, did it, did it feel right? Did it feel 100%? Yeah, you know, I felt pretty close. You know, I felt like I could definitely, definitely should have pitched a lot better than the results were. And, uh, you know, it's tough. You know, you have a couple couple rough outings and you kind of get locked in the bullpen or you're not throwing a lot consistently. So you're a little bit off and you're feeling for this and that. And, you know, unfortunately it just kind of happens. So, uh, you know, um, luckily we were able to, to overcome that. You know, it really seemed to, you know, other guys stepped up and I think that's key so hopefully this year that won't be the case and I can uh, you know be there for all six six plus months that is the hard part right if you if you feel like you're kind of in a funk mm-hmm. it's hard as a bullpen guy to work on things because you never know when you're going to be called into a game right yeah right absolutely and then September you got a bunch of other you know a bunch of guys and um, other throwing so I think it was almost a blessing too it's like I wasn't throwing a lot you know I was like hey I'll take that as you know uh, rest for my shoulder to get ready for next year and that's uh, kind of how it played out all right so you got a night game tomorrow so right. that means no alarm clock for Matt Elvers oh I'll be up early I think uh, I heard the, the kids are up at like 6 30 this morning so oh, uh, yeah. family out here? Yeah, yeah, is this home it, for you out here no uh, I'm from Houston uh, right. but they all they came out here so um, no they're up bright and early I'm sure I'll be up early and We've got to do some stuff with them tomorrow. So luckily, I pitched today, so I don't have to worry about hanging out with them all day and then going to pitch, so that works out. Okay. So <laughs> I was talking to a lot of guys who are like, man, like I just don't like the alarm clocks in oh, the morning yeah. on spring training. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, I've been going to bed pretty early, so usually after a, after about 10 days out here, you know, you, know, you kind of wake up. Your body kind of wakes up whenever, so that's fine. Good stuff, man. Thanks, right, man. Thanks. I appreciate right, it. No. Brewers with an 11-5 Cactus League win today over the Dodgers. One week from today... Regular season begins against the St. Louis Cardinals. We know the starting pitch up for uh, pitching matchup for that day. It'll be Yoli Chassin and Miles Michaelis. After that, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I do know this. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta will make up starters two through four for Craig Council with Zach Davies, your start, uh, pitching number five, your number five starter for Craig Council at the start of the year. Corbin Burns, I had asked him a couple of uh, weeks ago if – it was, you know, on his mind to be a starter versus a reliever. That's exactly where he wanted to be. Certainly, Cur- uh, Corbin Burns was a starter before being moved to the bullpen for the stretch run, and ultimately feels very pleased about his position having made it into the starting five. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's very special to me. Um, you know, I wanted to be a starter in the for all I can remember as a kid. So um, you know, to get that news today and just knowing I get the opportunity to do that is, is pretty special. And um, you know, it's something that. I'm going to have to prove myself you know, every time I go out there. That's just how I was a pitcher. So, um, But you're know, definitely excited, and uh, you can't wait to, to get the season rolling. You no, know, it was looked at as a competition between Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, and Corbin Burns, and I thought maybe two out of those three would be in the rotation. Turns out all three are, and Burns admits it, it's special being able to do it as part of a group, as part of a group of young, highly touted prospects who are now getting a chance to fill a more major role. I've played with Freddie ever since I was drafted. So we, you know, every stop of the way, I've been with Freddie, and then I was in, uh, with Woody last year. So um, you know, to have those familiar faces in the rotation, some that you've come up with, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty cool to, to see that you know, all three of us you know, get the chance this year. It's Corbin Burns from earlier today talking to the media, and uh, it's it's going to be it, right? Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. Anderson at some point, I'm sure, and then Zach Davies and Yoli Shasin starting 
for Craig Council. We will wrap up the program with some final thoughts. Brewers Weekly is presented by Miller Lite. We'll do it after this on WTMJ. We're wrapping up the program. I'm Greg Matzik. Welcome back to the program. It is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Four games remain on the Brewers' Cactus League schedule. They will be against Cincinnati tomorrow. A pair of games on Saturday as they split squads. And then they'll finish up the Catholic League season at Talking Stick, taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Then it's off to Montreal for exhibition games against the Toronto Blue Jays on Monday and Tuesday of next week. A day off on Wednesday. You could imagine a light workout perhaps at Miller Park, and then it begins. Baseball, March 28th, early opening day. Brewers and Cardinals kick off the season with a weekend series at Miller Park. And I guess the big question is, couple big questions. I know there's a couple of roster spots, and is it going to be Tyler Saladino or Corey Spangenberg? And while that might be an interesting debate, Ashton, I am more interested in learning additional information on Corey Knable's elbow, now that we know the rotation, and if the Brewers will go after Craig Kimbrell, or if they'll sign him. I think they've made moves in that direction, but if they'll actually pull the trigger and sign him. These remain the biggest questions, I think, going into the regular season. The condition of Corey Knable's UCL, and if the Brewers will look to bolster their bullpen with a heavyweight. You sure you don't want to talk about Ben Gamble? Well, what do you want to know about Ben Gamble? Is he making the roster? I like Ben Gamble. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, there, that for was sure. early question. 100%. That's it. Absolutely. No, Ben Gamble is definitely going to make this roster. He Definitely. So the Brewers have some options, I think, at the AAA level. Uh, Tyrone Taylor would be the first call-up to get innings in the outfield if need be. Uh, and it could be a situation where, you know, Ryan Braun has a something, right? <laughs> Insert minor injury here, and you've got to ride Ben Gamble a little bit, and then you bring in Tyrone Taylor, right? I mean, not unlike Domingo and Keon Broxton last year. I mean, they were clearly the fourth and fifth outfielders. And then he had Brett Phillips, too, I guess, was in there for a little bit, too. But uh, Ben Gamble will for sure make this roster. You can put Aaron Perez out there, I know, but it, it Ben Gamble will have a spot. I truly believe that. You know, I don't think it's an accident the way the Brewers have collected left-handed hitting bats that have a little bit of pop. Look at all the pitchers in the NL Central. I mean, how many lefties are you going to come across? There aren't many. There are not many lefties. Cubs will trot one out. But think about all the starters in the NL Central. I mean, it's dominated by right-handed pitching. And the Brewers, I guess, fall into that trap, too. So you, you got to have a lefty in the rotation. Yeah, that's that's not a thing so much anymore. I don't even know if you look at it as a luxury. It's just not as much a thing. It's more about getting outs. What do the matchups say in the numbers? So you stockpile here a, a collection of left-handed hitting bats. Moustakis, Grandal's a switch hitter. Travis Shaw, you've got Yelich. Gamble's a lefty, right? I don't think that's an accident the way this roster was constructed with lefties who can pop. It's a big deal. Yeah, Ben Gamble's for sure got a spot. I have a burning question for you. Okay. And in regards to Craig Kimbrell, your gut feeling, yes or no, he's on the Brewers come opening day? I don't think he will accept a one-year deal unless it's unless he really and truly feels like there is nothing else out there to take. The only reason I ask that is because this far, and I know we saw some of the stuff with non-pitchers last year, but this far in, if someone's going to offer you one year at $16 million and you're looking for six at an, av- an average value of 18 you you might take that one year if, at, if you're confident in your ability to not get injured, which is hard to do. Yes, I mean, at some point he's going to have to make a decision. So I, I think the Brewers have... 
I don't think the Brewers have gone to the table with a multi-year deal. I think they've gone to the table with a one-year opportunity. And that's it. It, it. It's either going to work that way or it's not. And it's ultimately up to Kimbrell and his agent to decide if they want to take that and be on a contending team and now have a maybe a little bit more clear of a role. You know, a lot of these closers, really, you got to check the ego at the door if you're going to pitch in Milwaukee. Uh, it, it wasn't a – well, it kind of was a ride-the-hot situation, but Knable was injured last year a little bit. Then he was in the minors. So it, it became sort of Jeremy Jeffress' role. Hader could have done it as well. Albers sort of took a nosedive. So, uh, you know, you come into the situation here, there's a couple injuries, a couple question marks, and you, su- you you pop into that role and you never give it up, perhaps. So I, I don't know. Uh, maybe the Brewers lose a little leverage if they've got some guys beat up. Maybe they put a feather in the cap here of Craig Kimbrell by saying, you're our guy now. I mean, you, you just look at this. You will start the season as the closer. Then I also wonder what kind of shape he's in and what he's been doing as far as workouts and, and who knows. But he's a good pitcher. He's awfully good. He looked nice in a Brewers uniform. And the injuries of late have taken its toll on this Brewers bullpen. A strength of the team now has a couple of question marks. Out of time here on Brewers Weekly. Opening day one week from today. The news is next on WTMJ.